My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builder has rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The gospel of the Lord. A former student who's served our nation in the United States Army since his graduation about 15 years ago texted me the other night. He explained he was doing an 18.6 mile timed march starting at midnight where he was going to be required to wear a 25 pound pack and complete that march in under four hours and 35 minutes. He was writing asking for prayers, but also because he knows that I've always been fascinated by these types of feats, mainly because growing up I always struggled with weight and health issues, which always made me dismiss the physical things and athletic opportunities as impossible. And thankfully, having met and worked with some people over the years, I've been able to do things I never imagined, like run a mile, let alone run a mile in what's considered good time. So I've always been intrigued by these different physical and mental challenges that that people endure, whether it's for recreation like an Ironman triathlon or for something like joining various military special forces. A few years ago, a Navy SEAL shared his incredibly memorable experiences. To even be accepted as a prospect, you have to be able to run a mile and a half in under 11 minutes which is fantastic for most people. But that's 
just the entry level as they encounter grueling and increasingly harder challenges that are part of the 12 weeks of training to become this warrior. The training moves quickly from running a mile and a half to a 50 meter swim underwater that's so difficult and dangerous that their instructors swim above the recruits just to monitor them in the event that something should happen that they might pass out, for example. Another part of the training involves a, a seven mile run while wearing 40 pounds of gear, and they also have to alternate where they carry a fellow teammate for a mile to help prepare them for a potential emergency rescue out in the field. It's something that so few will succeed at. This one man's class started with 200 candidates, and in the end, only 21 would eventually become a Navy SEAL. Interestingly, though, his perspective was what made the difference is more than just being in an incredible physical shape. What was essential was the candidate's mind and heart. Did they have the mindset to go all the way? And to explain, he shared one pivotal moment from the final week of training, absolutely called Hell Week. That week is make or break time. The instructors work the the recruits nonstop. They get something like three hours of sleep the entire week. While undergoing all kinds of tests, running, swimming, experiencing terrible extremes in weather, they have to go through this drown proofing exercise where their feet are tied together, their hands are tied behind their backs. And then, like that, they have to bob up and down in the water for like 50 meters, try to get a face mask with their teeth. It's crazy. And the instructors remind them over and over again throughout the entire week, they can quit any time. There's this giant bell with them, and at any moment, they could just go and ring it, and that would be it. They can immediately go home. So at this one point, they had just finished another one of these these torturous exercises, and they're all standing at attention, and the instructor said, all right, the next thing we're going to do, go grab your gear. We're going to go for a nice five-mile run. At that, the guy said, you heard, ding, one guy quit, ding, another, ding, a third. They lost three guys at that one moment, the most they had all week. Moments after the last guy quit, the instructor said, just kidding, we're going to go have lunch. Can you imagine? I know that would have been me. I would have been that last ding that would just rang that. It would just sounded so cruel. And at the time, it probably was. But in retrospect, they learned that it's part of the whole test. It's part of the process. In that moment, those guys showed that they didn't have the mindset of a SEAL. Because the thing was, those who quit at that point weren't even willing to take one step to give it a try. They made the decision solely in their minds that they couldn't do anymore. They wouldn't even attempt to go any further. And once they had done that, there wasn't anything else that could be done. It was just another example that what you think and how you think is one of the most critical factors in determining who you are. And that's not just a a truth in becoming a Navy SEAL or in our own personal lives, but it's a truth in the spiritual life as well. Today's gospel 
this parable that Jesus gives us is one of the most dramatic ones that he offers. Biblical commentators will point out that the chief priests and the Jewish elders and all those responsible for Jerusalem and the temple knew that Jesus was in fact pointedly calling them out, that this would be the, the final straw and that would set into motion Jesus' unjust trial and arrest and passion and death. But the Gospels aren't just history books, so this Word of God is meant for us to, to wrestle with. So let's engage and reflect on that story again. This landowner has given his tenants use of his land, and it's good land. It's been cared for, it's been maintained. All the tools necessary for, for good produce are there. The tenants who leased this land have benefited from it. They've enjoyed all that was right at their disposal. They don't simply refuse to pay the owner what was owed him. They mistreat, they kill those who were sent to remind them of their obligations. And then go even further and kill the owner's son. What kind of thinking went into those actions? Self-centered thoughts turn into thoughts of jealousy and envy and entitlement. They use those thoughts to justify themselves and how they could excuse themselves from the legitimate obligations they had simply by refusing to fulfill them. When messengers arrive to remind them, this isn't your land, you owe the landowner something, the tenant's thoughts turn vicious, killing those messengers. And once you started to believe your own lies, believing even more delusional ones becomes much easier. We see that when they convince themselves that they could eliminate the sun, that the owner's just going to go away and they could carry on as they please. All of those self-centered thoughts led them to believe that they could do whatever they wished and helped determine who they truly were, a murderous, wretched group of people. Jesus gives us this parable hoping it's going to trigger some introspection what are the thoughts in our minds and hearts? Do we recognize the gifts and the talents and the abilities that the Lord has blessed us with? Do we know that even in this very difficult economy, how incredibly fortunate we are compared to others worldwide who live in dire need and abject poverty? Do we even consider something like the gift of time? 1,440 minutes a day and ask ourselves, what are we doing with that gift? Do we see all these things as blessings that we've been given, not something that any of us are entitled to or manufactured on our own? These and many other things were gifts given from our loving, generous landowner who desires us to make incredible vineyards right where we are. St. Paul beautifully counseled us to find our our hearts and minds conflicted by temptations. He reminds us that if we want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that's something that, not something that we just simply possess, like we can just pull out our baptismal certificate and expect that to be the case. He tells us that it's a matter of our mind and our heart. What are we focused on? And then he beautifully says, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's gracious, 
if there's anything excellent and worthy of praise, think about those things. Keep on doing what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, St. Paul. Then the God of peace will be with you. Left on our own, we can become just as delusional as that wretched crew in the parable. We can believe the lies of the world that feeds this mentality that if they even acknowledge God, dismiss him as this disinterested bystander. Jesus shatters that theory, not just with this parable, but even more on the cross. In the cross, Jesus puts aside arguments, debates, words, and miracles, and in fact, makes just a final appeal to close minds and hearts of humanity. Like the men training for the Navy SEALs, the decision rests on us. Will we throw in the towel, ring the bell, and decide we can go no further, quit and just go off on our own? Or are we willing to go all the way with Christ? Knowing that the transformation to being a true follower of Jesus starts with a decision in our minds.